0: Yes, we all have something special inside of us, I think. And we have to find it and we have to develop it and express it and share it with the people.
1: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Baladance Dance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladance dance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Jelena and Belly Dance Evolution are back taking their show and programs across the globe. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career? You can have it too! Audition for Jelena's latest production and join Jungle Book cast. All details at www.joinbde.com Direct link in the show notes. Joinbd.com. I always have a hard time answering the question whenever I receive on social media people asking for a, an advice, a recommendation. Should I go into dancing? Should I quit my job? Or should I? Uh, not try to find a regular, let's say, job according to my profession, but uh, to try my forces in dance field. And the truth is that this question is uh, very unique, and only you yourself can answer, is it worth trying or not. But at the same time, the truth is, is that I always want to kind of say, if you have a good alternative with which you would be happy maybe go for it because dance life it's fun but it's not straightforward and it's not only fun and typically when you see from other people on social medias or stages or just looking from a side in their life you only see the fun part and you don't see all the behind the scenes which we often discuss a lot here on the podcast but still listening about it or experiencing it, it's two different things. That's why I kind of always say if you have doubts, maybe listen to your doubts and choose dance profession only if it's out of question, because very often there is that fire, that strong artistic fire inside you that will burn and not let you be calm until you actually sort of satisfy its uh, hunger. And that's what leads many artists into actually going for it, going into fully into artistic life. And the story of our today's guest is a perfect example of such fire inside us. International master teacher and dance artist Kalsar Ben Amor is known for the theatrical dimension she gives to her expressive interpretations and original choreographies. After various shows in France, where her name totally settled down as a teacher and performer, she naturally moved on to performing abroad in prestigious theatres across the world. Tokyo, New York, Dallas, Geneva, Brussels, Cairo, Amsterdam, you name it. Also, she was trusted to create the choreography of the rental Ballet in the movie Outside the Law, which was presented at Cannes Film Festival 2010 and for the Tunisian director in the movie Tunis by Night, which also received many awards. In our today's episode, we talked about the experience of uh, feeling two cultures in day-to-day life while growing up, French and Tunisian. We also talked about Kassar's professional path and her decision at some point to take three years in order to try to tap into professional, full-time dance world. We also talked about different body shapes in ballet dance and her own experience on trying to find your place in a dance class and later on a dance stage, and that artistic fire that moves us to tell story, to tell the message on stage. And we also, it was very exciting, talked in depth about her experience in cinema industry because she really had different roles uh, sometimes working behind the scenes and sometimes working literally on the set so all this and as usual a little bit more waits for you in our today's episode enjoy have you ever considered adding a fitness element to your ballet dance classes This can significantly help you to get more students through the door and, most importantly, retain them and earn more money. Check out Sharky the belly workout. The founder of the system, Orid, shares how teaching belly fitness transformed her own career in a way no performance opportunities ever could. In her course, you will receive tips on how to teach and get ready for the class, including ready-made class choreos as well as useful insights on business aspect of this activity. Join Sharky's three-month instructor academy that features an online course, weekly coaching sessions, and business training. You live with razor-sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business. Enrollment is now open for the next Sharky Instructor Academy beginning January 2nd. Apply at sharky.com teach. It's s-h-a-r-u-u-i dot com slash teach direct link in the show notes hello dear kalthar i am so happy that we finally got a chance to connect and to record this interview and welcome to the podcast <laughs> Thank you, Ayanna.
0: Thank you for uh, this uh, moment uh, that we're sharing together. I'm very happy to be with you today and with your followers. Yes, we should have this interview two years ago. (laughs) I'm sorry for the late uh, time, but
1: here I am. That's what matters. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I believe kind of like universe knows the best timing for each thing. So let's (laughs) let's stick to this. (laughs) i would like to start uh, our conversation uh very typically how i start uh about the question how belly dance entered your life and i know you have roots from uh, tunisia that it's part of your culture but you also grew up in paris and for you belly dance not just like you know part of the heritage or culture it's actually your profession so can you Tell a little bit about your story, how you got involved in ballet dance and specifically like in a serious professional way in ballet dance.
0: Mm. So this is very long, but I will try to make it very short. So yes, I am double uh, nationality. I am Tunisian by my uh, blood culture. My both parents are uh, Arabic. And uh, I was born in France, but we always travel to Tunisia because we have all our family there each year. And uh, my uh, identity is really strong on both. I mean like I'm very very French for the Arabic people and I am very very Arabic for the French people mm. so you always have to try to find your balance when you uh, love two two countries two cultures it is like your mother and your father you cannot choose between them too it is part of me and uh, I grew up in the countryside I mean, like in a kind of farm with my parents and um, uh, very French countryside, Normandy. And um, so the time we were spending the whole year, I mean, in uh, France, waiting for the summer to go back to Tunisia. Um, The link we had uh, with my uh, culture is... um, uh, my father used to uh, buy some uh, video cassette. I don't know, uh, it is, you know, the old video mm-hmm. you put in? Yes. Mm-hmm. So every Friday he goes to the market, uh, open market, and he buys some uh, videos from Arabic uh, people. And he brought us Farid al Atara, Samia Gamal, all the very. Um, a classic movie and the weekend with my mother, brothers and sister, especially my mother. Uh, we put these videos and we were uh, loving it, like traveling and see Egyptian movies. And uh, so for me, the link with Sharki uh, with uh, Oriental dance was in this movie, in black and white. Personally, when I was uh, young, I didn't know there were still some uh, belly dance, some uh, uh, Rasta uh, Sharki. For me, it was like only in the old movies. So I loved them, and I was looking at them. I loved more the music. The, the music, uh, the music w- was my first love, the mm-hmm. voice of uh, Farid and all this. And then when I grew up, I... Um, I uh, went to study my uh, university studies in uh, England. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and in England, when I arrived, uh, I felt so far more, more far again from my uh, Arabic culture and people. English people, for them, I was French because they hear me and um they consider me as they, they see the french person first so uh after some uh two years or maybe one year i uh, i decided to find something and uh i found some um uh, oriental uh, dance class in uh, london uh, with some dancer called uh, asmahan asmahan johnson and it was like pure um Uh, spontaneous idea so I went I went there and I did the class and uh, I thought I was like (laughs) not understanding nothing but at the end of the class she came to me and said "Mm, you got something you know and I was like what me and uh, it stays on my mind but I I never thought of doing it uh, seriously like taking class it was like just to have fun then when I went back to Paris my uh, sister offered me some uh, dance class Uh, I started with one two uh, teachers like this and it is I think the moment really it goes it went into my heart it is in the class uh, with uh, Mayoti and he put some um, um Thum. and uh, this was my first class with him and i heard the music and my only memory of this moment it is like uh, there is no sky there is no walls there is uh, there was nothing just me and the music and the voice and uh, I don't know what happened. And this moment, really, uh, I felt something and I wanted to go back to the class. It was not I wanted to be a dancer or to dance. It was the music. And uh, I was like um, a blotter. Uh, You know, you're always hungry. And uh, I was like always going to all the classes, and uh, this is the moment he said to me, "Yeah, what you're doing in beginner class? You should come to advanced." I said, "Yeah, but I don't know nothing. I think you've got something." So I went, and then uh, very quickly put me in his ballet, and with his ballet he put me on stage. But it was nothing like I decided to plan. It was like very uh, to push you to push me here, there, there. And um, this is how it happened that I uh, went on stage. I didn't have like the same uh, maybe uh, way of dancers like, yeah, I wanna be a dancer, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna to climb like this and like this. And then after like three years, I decided uh, I was feeling like yeah, I have something to say. I I need to see something else. So this is the moment I met Mr. Yusef Sharif and started to to take in class everywhere to study everywhere. I uh, I could I went to Egypt I followed the Ustad Sharif in many countries I spent many times in uh, Cairo uh, with uh, so many with anything any workshop in France or I was studying I I needed to know things I I love the way to discover from each teacher different or each dancer things and uh, I was uh, hooked <laughs> I was thinking only about dance, I was hearing so much music, and my Arabic was getting better, because I didn't go to Arabic school, so my Arabic was limited to what we were speaking at home, for example, um, and uh, with the vocabulary of uh, high um of Uncle Farid, and all this kind of music, very high-level uh, music, grand repertoire, we say in French. Um, uh, it leads you to try to understand this word, and then this one, this one. So I was studying so many things with um, with the music, with that dance. I uh, discovered poets. I discovered composers. I discovered uh, voices, Many things, many things. And uh, traditional um, dances, dances from different uh, region. I discovered Masar, Egypt, um, many things. So I was totally inside of this. And at that time, I had a job, uh, which was my passion, too. It was movies, cinema industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like... Um, Analysing, uh, analysis of uh, scripts, yeah, is artistic uh, uh, point of view. You have like to study the script to see if the movie, how. And uh, it was a passion too. And um, I remember that (coughs) I arrived the moment I was so tired to have this both uh, passion in my life and to work that hard. Uh, working day and night, every day, 24 hour, round the clock. And a moment, a very, very good friend of mine, um, she said, what you're doing in an office? You're, you're totally an artist. You should be like training, creating. Just take your uh, courage and uh, do only that. Go, go away. Go, go live your life and uh, this is the moment i said okay you know what i'm going to quit and take like three years try to to become a real uh, a real artist like uh, if i see if i really love this uh, this art enough love not to be tired of it like to live with it every day to think about it every day to earn my life with it to eat with it and see how I feel. And if in three years it's okay, so it's okay. If in three years you didn't, you an average dancer or you're tired of this, you will have your answer. And so this is what I did. And three years passed like a clap like this. And uh, my name became a name and I didn't have time even to check that the three years has gone. <laughs> And uh, to be very very short, this is how it uh, it happened.
1: Mm-hmm. That's quite a fascinating story, and you know many different stages and levels and uh, one after another. But there are a couple of things that caught my attention. You mentioned that regarding your first classes, both uh, Asmahan and then later Mayodi, they both uh, um, talk to you in terms that they mentioned that you have something, you had something that they caught their eye. What do you think was some, that something that caught their attention and they, to the point that they actually wanted to talk to you about it and to mention, to make sure that you understand and you you aware that in their opinion, you, you do have something special. And then although you were a very beginner dancer at that time.
0: Mm. To speak the truth, really, I didn't know. I didn't understand because for me, I grew up with already uh, the dream to be an artist. But for me, it was like movies or, you know, it was like acting theater. And so for me, like, if you didn't uh, go to class, like from early age, you're, you're nothing. You didn't learn nothing. You can't be working in artistic world, because you don't have all the the tools. So for me, it was like, hmm, uh, maybe because I understand the music or I don't know. And I could see that in the class, I was like very different. I felt like very uncomfortable. I uh, My size is one meter 80. So every time it is, Kautha, please, uh, p- uh, Go this way, you're too tall. Uh, Oh, oh, your arms. You know, the other students, like, you feel like you are an elephant in the class, you know, because, or when I started, it's, oh, the the very tall girl. Mm. So for me, I was like, or, oh, she's a little bit like curvy, or always something, you know. So for me, I didn't feel in my uh, place. I was not like, I I don't know. This is maybe a question that you should ask them, maybe. Mm. But at the beginning, I didn't understand. I just followed the train. Like I put my foot in it, and I followed the the movement. And um, from each person I met, uh, um, maybe, yes, after uh, Mayuti, I met uh, Orit Orit, uh, Masphir. She was the first female dancer I studied with. And I was very impressed by her feminine uh, way because you know, when you study with men, it's different. And her arms, her legs, her attitude. And I, uh, mm, I felt, uh, okay, now maybe my uh, positive, I have something positive that I should work on. Okay, I'm too. I have long legs, long arms. I will work them. I will make them longer. But in a, in a nice way. Okay, they don't. They can't teach me how. Okay, I will. I will. Uh, I will find out how. Okay, I will watch out some classical ballet. I will see how they use their arms. I will go to the opera in Paris. I will see a direct ballet show. See these arms. See I will, the postures, The alignment. Alignment. Mm-hmm. I. But. Um, maybe I was um, I was true uh, I didn't have filter when I entered the class for me. It was like <gasps> Waiting for it and it was like I don't know like a child maybe like I was with my big eyes like big ears. Mm-hmm. I don't know
1: <laughs> You actually brought up a very uh, interesting topic and a very uh, um, I guess pain point for many students who sometimes feel that they are somehow, let's say, strange. One of the uh, most common, from what I can hear in my experience working with different people and students, is like the height. Oh, I'm too tall. I'm kind of like not coordinated clumsy. or too long arms. Oh, my arms are too long. I don't know what to do with them, etc., etc., etc. And you actually sharing your shared your experience of. Uh, actually embracing and incorporating those differences into a your full complete dance identity and i'm curious now these days because you're now experienced teacher and you work with so many different people many different students many beginners or intermediate advanced students all at different levels but you probably also had experience of working with students who feel the same way that you felt about whatever it is arms height weight whatever it may be for them how having this experience yourself, how do you, I don't know, maybe you, uh, kind of give them some advice or you just, uh, um, do something like not directly, but from teaching perspective, something different. But how can you at this time uh, potentially can help them or help them with incorporating and embracing these elements of their body? Or even if you didn't have this experience with your students, maybe you can think now about someone who may have these issues and maybe you can give some kind of advice or tip for them on how to um instead of being upset about something or resistant to something actually transform it into something that they can use and love
0: <laughs> yes i understand this question and i think it is uh, a very interesting point because uh, oriental dance raqsh uh, sharki for me anyone can dance it this is the charm of this dance this is a free dance everybody can express One'self with this dance. So the thing is, there is a moment where, uh, when uh, you have to focus on yourself and see, for example, you're teaching a choreography or you're a student, you learn a choreography and look at the class. Nobody will dance it the same way. It's impossible. So you, you're not in ballet. They have the same body. They have the same height. They have the same, you know, this is totally different in our discipline. So this is the moment I understood that we all have good points in our body and bad ones. So uh, we have to balance them. It is like you have to um, push yourself very strong work on your good ones to develop them and the weak ones to push them also to make them better and better. So for me now, when I see a body, uh, it depends. It can be also because I have also many um, professional dancers who ask me private classes because they say, uh, yes, I see uh, maybe your height, how you are, your style, how I would like uh, to make me work on this, on that, you know? So uh, I um, I try to focus on these good points and bad points and try to make a balance. And each of us is the same at the end. Even the one she has like, or think, or uh, people say she has the perfect body. There is no perfect body in oriental dance, I mean. So everyone will push maybe more hips, more muscles, hips. If she has like straight hips, straight body, If the one with uh, shorter legs, maybe she can uh, try to um, uh, uh, come on, sorry with the English, to to uh, make more stretch movement. Sometimes you meet the dancer and she's very small, but on the stage she looks like very high because she has stretch she push her body so each time i i i teach now or i um uh, beginners or professional dancers abroad are in france it's the same for me it is like okay you know what you have like good hips but you have like bad arms oh you have good this but you have bad this. okay you should work on this one and push this one uh, 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 uh. like to make a balance in the body and everybody will know at a moment where is the weakness and where is the strength and in uh, our discipline we have like many tools we can uh, use but it is uh, of course a lot of work this is the one who really wants to push her uh, her dance to a professional way i mean it is hard work to admit, okay, this is my weakness. And sometimes you don't find out yourself. It's the people who say, okay, mm, you're good, but you have like, like I I remember when I met uh, raka Hassan, she said, God, are you good, but you have very bad food. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what? I don't understand. You're not precise. You're not precise with your food. You know what? You should study folklore a lot. And you will have like good food because you don't have like to do okay oh it was it was right step okay i don't care i will do left no you have to be precise tag, 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 tag. this kind of thing for example and each time you meet somebody they will have something to say uh uh to you and this is good to to listen and like this you discover where is your weakness and uh Mm, this is what I try to do with myself, with my students, and with um, the dancer who asked me uh, to, to coach them on their, uh, on their weakness or something they want to, to develop. I, I will try to see, I, I see somebody, I see a body, I see uh, the person, I say, mm, uh, maybe if she pushes this part, mm, she can uh, develop this one, it would be very interesting. Okay, let's try. This is how uh, I try to, to put a basis on the travail du corps, on the work of the body. I mean, not to look nice, huh? it's not the aim. It's to make a better tool, a mm-hmm. better tool to express the movement. You can read the movement on the body of the oriental dancer. And this is a moment of grace. When you can read the music, you can read the words, you can read the melody, the rhythm, there is something magic in, in our discipline. The the dancer is the the chef d'orchestre. I mean, she, she's direct, directing the orchestra. I don't know other dance where this happened.
1: Wow, that's a cool way to put it, like reading movements and directing orchestra through your body. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is what i think really this is what i love in this dance so i know that today people want to codify the dance say we should have diploma we should this and this i don't feel uh this way i i would love huh, if there is a, if we were like uh, some recognition from government or uh, especially in Paris. Paris, it is a city of opera, dance and things like this, of art. But I don't, I mean, for me, belly dance, uh, belly dance, oriental dance, uh, raksharki, sorry, is like hip hop. They don't need to be codified because this is a free dance. And from the moment we will put square around this dance, it will become something...
1: something else
0: <laughs> I yes I have no words but I think this is uh, the the glorious part of this dance and why maybe she traveled all these years and years and years there is something that everybody can express everybody can find something and at the same time everybody all the person but every kind of body mm-hmm. every kind of soul can find something in this and this is the magic of it
1: Hmm. I guess it also can be put down to the main point of uh, analyzing, literally analyzing uh, your dance, your dancing and knowing uh, weak and uh, strong points so that you can emphasize strong points on stage, but put emphasis on weak points in your classes and training. Also, earlier in our conversation, you were talking about your uh, your family and the uh, sort of household, household, cultural household. Like, you were raised in uh, France, but nice. you had very, very strong connection to your culture from Tunisia. And mm-hmm. um, in my experience, I actually noticed something interesting. I was working in Canada with a lot of... Uh, immigrants in different communities, uh, mm-hmm. which historically, let's say, immigrated, and I noticed that very common in the second or third generation, so for people who already were raised in Canada, although mm-hmm. their parents were trying to bring the elements of their culture, they kind of felt, sometimes because I was talking, like, about weddings, sometimes so you see different generations in one family or birthdays, discussions of their like, uh, events and performances, etc., and then I noticed that it was very common for or second or third generations to be a little bit resistant of their culture and then in your mm. case you actually were talking opposite uh, you you even mentioned that when you went to England you felt way further not from friends from Tunisia <laughs> from your culture uh, so what do you think was the key Uh, If you can think about this now, especially from this perspective of being like adult, being a parent yourself, but what do you think, in your opinion, was the key, I don't know, concept or principle or behavior or approach of your parents that brought you so much love to your uh, original culture, although you were raised in France for most, like, most part of your life you you spend in France. Mm.
0: Uh, The thing is that, uh, okay, my parents, when they uh, moved to France, I mean, they did the choice to be in the countryside because they love the the land, I mean, uh, the land, Um, to work the land. Mm -hmm. My father loved uh, the nature, yeah, and he wanted to be far away from the noise of the city. I mean, the noise, it is like immigrants packed all together you know, and packed in bad parts of cities. So he wanted to pro- protect us from this. But the sad part at the same time, it was isolation uh-huh. in countryside. So I had nobody looking like me. And when we arrived in the small village, people were not nice to us. Uh-huh. They were afraid. And so I felt a lot different. So when i was inside the house it was like very arabic very uh conservative also i have to admit it my parents were um as the only uh, all their family were in tunisia they were alone in france it was very hard for them so maybe inside the house it was rich of all oh, our culture because they, they felt better like this and um Um, But there was this gap between the house and the outside, and I didn't understand what was my place, you know? And... um... When I was traveling to Tunisia, there were some amazing things as uh, the music that we always go to summer. So there was all the weddings, the orchestra, the music, uh, the cousins. So you, you go out, you dance all the night in the wedding and everybody is invited in uh, Arabic wedding. It is not like maybe the a French one with the card. You have to send invitations, you know, this kind of thing. So it is all the people together and um, it was warm. There, there, there was this kind of thing. And so I was uh, maybe um, uh, in England again, isolated from this part of my uh, identity. I, uh, I didn't have like a, uh, nothing which was Arabic around me. I love England, I love French, I love all this, but it was missing inside of me. And um, I couldn't see my parents and brothers and sisters. Was well, six brothers and sisters, so it is a big family. So you feel uh, the lack of something. And uh, when I started uh, dancing, they were, uh, they disagree about it. They were not supportive at all i can say and this happened a lot to arabic uh, girls i mean but um the next uh, gener- uh, generation uh, are more uh, resisting may- maybe because they or they are born in the the land where the the parents uh, migrated so they have this part of the culture of this land for example i know that i have a very uh, French uh, part in myself, and I love it. For me, it is not a problem, and it is not betraying my uh, my Arabic uh, uh, family, people, my uh, my blood. For me, it is being richer. I have even more culture, and everybody should uh, find his balance. Um and maybe the the new generation uh understand it bit better because they didn't see uh the parents or the grandparents suffering. Because you know migrating is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And we can see it now on TV with all which is happening since a few years. But uh at that time when uh, there were colonies, French uh, in uh North Africa and Egypt and everything, we couldn't talk about the the bad uh, part or when people were migrating. It is uh, pff, it, people didn't care that much, you know. So there, it is a lot of uh, suffering, and uh, maybe you don't want to uh, to cause. Uh, more suffering to your parents so you will follow their lead but there there is a time when you have to find out about yourself you or you live for you or you live for the people no you you have to find your balance and this is the moment i understood it it was in england and this is why i i came back to paris i wanted to be to come back and be myself take uh, take um, uh, artistic way and uh, launch me in uh, uh, in cinema industry to follow my myself and not to be uh, what they expecting me to be and it is becoming maybe easier and easier on generation for example for uh, my babies i have two babies and uh, I think it would be easier for them. Or I see with my uh, nephews or uh, my friends, for example, or younger generation, they don't uh, think too much about this. It's normal for them. Yeah, I'm born here. I'm like this. I do my things. uh, And they take the best part of each culture. And I think this is what we should do. If we can do it, yes. This is what I tried uh, for a long time, and um, um, I still try to do this, you know, because you're always learning every day, and even when you become a mother, this is a moment when you really understand your parents, and you have a special respect, uh, respect which uh, um, appear, because you understand how much they went through (laughs) and you say okay with all they did plus this okay uh push your head a little bit uh, lower uh, and try to understand so you know the um, the things are not the same like at that time for them and for us and for the next generation we all have a different story i think but Here in Paris, in France, we see normally it's getting better, Hmm. if that was the question, sorry.
1: Exactly, exactly, and actually I did not uh, think about this perspective and uh, now I understand even like in Canada because it's also different experience. It's all kind of about, I mean, not all of course, but a big part of it is about belonging. And I was just thinking while listening to you, like, oh, yeah, like in Toronto, and not even entire Canada, but because I can only speak about Toronto, I had different experience communicating with uh, different, uh, like, uh, families of immigrants uh, from different countries, because Toronto is also different uh, in terms of half of the population is from somewhere. So (laughs) it's kind of like, (laughs) given that, oh, you have some other roots, very often, very typical. So people kind of feel... um, especially the second and third generations, they, they don't feel, you know, or oh, they're different because everyone is kind of different. So it's completely different experiences, which makes uh, makes total sense why it's different. And of course, probably like different times, you know, uh, in life and history of, of countries and, and, and the world and how we perceive it. And with like, you know, boom of internet, it, it's completely different thing now, how we yes. connect and where we feel we belong. <laughs>
0: Yes, 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 exactly. I agree
1: with you. When you moved to England, you said that you went to England to study. Uh, what was your original like, degree or direction of uh, pursuing your potentially alternative career, which you actually combined? Was it something in cinema or was it something completely different?
0: Yeah, uh, no, it was totally different. I was very good at school, like always very serious and things like this, because my parents are uh, an alphabet. Uh, They don't know how to read or write. Yeah. Yeah. So my father, from the beginning, he said, "Okay, you have the chance here in this country, school will open the door for you. So this is a key thing to um, manage to be someone in your life. So treat it seriously, respect it, respect knowledge. So for me, like, I was like in this, I grew up with this. So uh, I did what people expected from me. And so I followed uh, um, international law economics and languages Mm -hmm. degree, like master degree. Yeah. So you have like to be equal in all this. And I loved it. But I... I did it because it was a way to find a good job to support my family, my brothers and sisters, and uh, my life. But uh, this is what happened in England. I said, okay, I have this big master degree. I, uh, I have experience in uh, big um, entreprises, uh, big names of uh, work, but I'm not happy. I will earn a lot of money, okay, but... Uh, and... Um, so movie, cinema, it was like my personal um, knowledge, mm. like I was very like, I talk about cinema, like I talk about painting, I worked like five years in the Louvre Museum, for example, I, I love all kind of arts, and I didn't know which way, but I love to be next to culture to to art, to see expression, emotion, all this. And uh, this is the moment I realized over there I was not happy because people were offering me a very good job with a high um, salary and uh, okay. Uh, you know, I was signing the, the contract, but I was not like, oh, wow. And uh, when I came back to Paris, this is what I um, decided. I said, OK, or I work for big uh, uh, names or I try to do something that I really want. And I tried uh, uh, this way. I didn't know nobody in the movie industry, but I, I really studied myself and I uh, knock on many doors before they give me a chance and um, after many interviews, this is the moment they understood sort of these girls speak three languages. She has a very artistic um, uh, knowledge. Uh, she got good something, okay, let's take her to trial. And this, and it went on and on like this. And um, I felt myself very, very good. I um, I have many artist friends in different kind of uh, art. And, uh, you know, just Oriental dance appear at this very, very early moment. Like, so Oriental dance was my way, but I didn't know Uh (laughs) at that moment that it would be the one who will uh, allow me to express myself, to put everything I love inside you know, there is a word in French, we say, uh, you know, I know in English you said uh, a set, but in French, when we dance one uh, thing, we say un uh, tableau. Mm-hmm. Tableau is uh, in French the same word for a dance uh, set and for a painting. And uh, for me, it is a moment I realized, I said, why I, I can't tell story. I can't tell what I feel. Why don't I travel with uh, this dance? Like I feel it in my mind, in my head, in my soul. Try to 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 tell something to the to this audience, to this all these people who want to travel. They will travel with me, and so it, it gives me my way. Because I knew I was different from the other girls. They had more practice, more uh, uh, more years of dance, say, uh, maybe more uh, beautiful, more a uh, better body. So I just uh, what about you? I have so many things in my mind in my heart. Just be you. Yeah. Try to express what you love. And uh, this is how I, uh, I started. I, uh, I wanted to, to tell stories.
1: May I ask, uh, how was your family reaction when you decided to take it to the next level? And dance was not just passion or hobby or like artistic outlet, but you actually decided to take it professionally and quit your job. Uh,
0: Very, very hard. (laughs) Very, very hard because I have like, uh, I started early to work and uh, for them I had like a very high, good job in the very famous French uh, movie, uh, TV production, very famous so for them it was oh my girl is accomplished i can sleep well and so i come one day and said to my mother my mom i want to quit i'm going to quit and do only dance and she looked at me like she's uh she's crazy that poor girl she lost her head like her mind and she said but what are you going to do and uh, i said i'm going to dance mom and she said uh, uh, and this is the moment I realize ignorance in the fact that uh, my mother saw me, and I can understand her, uh, saw me like, what are you going to do to dance in cabaret and in uh, uh, bad, um, bad uh, things? Because this is the only link there was in their head, you know, that... Or in the Arabic movies, okay, we say this is Golden Age, wow, this is super, ça Gamal, blah, blah, blah. But it is always the same. Or they broke up a, a, a marriage, or they have like a bad, uh, they don't have like interesting uh, character, you know. So mm-hmm. the, the cliché of the dancer is very strong, and uh, for that there was no uh, dancer on stage. And I said to my mother, no, mom, I don't dream to dance in cabaret. This is not my uh, uh, what I am dreaming of. I want to be on stage in a theater. I want to create. And I think I'm able to do this. And I was already doing this, but I was hiding it. I was hiding it in my job. I was hiding it in my family. But there was a moment I couldn't, because the thing is uh, what happened uh, it is like uh, like I told you, I was working day and night huh? and uh, every day, so you're missing the the, the birthdays, uh, the, the family reunions, your friends, and said, yeah, I got to dance, I got to dance, I'm dancing, I'm traveling, I'm teaching, I'm taking lessons, uh, you know, and so it was unbearable. I had to do something, and uh, this moment, I think my mother did didn't talk to me like two years, during two years. It was very, very hard. But uh, then I invited her to a theater uh, show, Um, and she came, and uh, she knew this uh, theater because I always used to take her in uh, Paris to to attend... um, uh very famous uh arabic singer or uh, uh, orchestra and thing like this it is Institut du monde arabe in paris and uh she she saw her daughter in this stage and at the end of uh i remember the curtain going uh uh getting a uh, closed and I just opened it in front of everybody and I jumped in the in the audience I was running I knew where she was sitting I said oh mom so how did you find it you know and she I could see her eyes she was like she was so proud but she couldn't say it like at the same time she was so proud but at the same time she she was afraid like to to saying it because she was afraid for me. For me, and uh, today I understand it. But then she 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 was like more uh, supportive. Like, uh, okay, mom. Uh, no, I will not be there because I will be in Japan. Uh, no, mom, I have to do this. Oh, mom, you know this is the costume I have. And and she was. I was not talking of everything to her, but she understood what I built, and I think she. This moment, she, she she respected me a lot. She said, wow. Well.
1: You know, I always say whenever people reach out to me and like these concerns, or oh, should I do dance career? Should I not do? And I always reply like, Go for dance career only if it's out of question. Any other alternative like that? It's only one answer in your heart, because, uh, wanting or not, we have to deal with many different situations, which typically is like financial or some logistic communication, like things that are uh, oh, long time for like real success. You need to persist, and, but on top of that, we sometimes also need to deal with those situations, and in your. Uh, case it shows so much how much you actually love dance to be able to stick to your decision to go through dance and to go through persistently without stopping trying to reach your goal no matter what and uh, this persistence and this passion to dance is just... They just deserve admiration, that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Merci beaucoup, thank you very much. Yeah, there are hard times, I think, for every artist. The moment when you have to... I i think that... Um, uh, being someone who loves his heart, Is art. Uh, I remember, I uh, know... Um, a uh, musical uh, artist, she's kind of famous, she lives in, in Paris, but she she makes like Broadway shows and everything. She's the one I told you, like, she said, what are you doing in office? <laughs> Just go on stage, this is your where you belong. And uh, I remember she, she was singing, she's older than me, but she's, she was saying, you know, a true artist is not afraid to eat uh, some uh, old pasta because his art is more important. Uh, You know, things like this, like uh, you, I think all the dancers uh, from any countries know how many sacrifices we do to dance, Uh, even if it is your only job or if it is not. We all have stories like this and I can hear it when I travel or, I not even traveling or here in Paris with some colleagues. We all have our uh, burden, you know, but uh, if you have this fire inside, uh, um, this fire leads you to do things and you don't even have to to think because this is stronger than your uh, mind. you you just uh, uh, jump in the waterfalls because this is the only way which makes you feel uh, alive mm-hmm. i mean i think a true a true artist is really eaten by this uh, fire no matter which uh, discipline huh? um, i think this is like this he put his art uh, above his head i mean music for me is Um, is above me dance is above all this it is uh, more important Uh, i don't know this is this kind of feeling and you can see it maybe in the eyes of the person or in the way they speak sometimes you hear them and uh, you know uh, career is also meeting people sometimes you meet people only five minutes but they give you like bam some little words that they change you and uh, this is what is uh, happening it happens to me a lot of times sometimes just listening to some people and make them uh, make me understand what I was feeling and give me a direction it were in what I was uh, doing I remember I met a singer here in Paris a French singer and she was like uh A very professional one. I mean, she was on TV and things like this. And uh, uh, we worked together in office in a moment. And uh, it was a moment I was like uh, uh, finishing all my uh, studies in dance. Like I did a lot of uh, Uh, studies with all these kind of teachers and everything and I went to her I said yeah I feel lost okay I want to study with everybody but now what I can do I don't find another teacher and she said Kasser now this is your turn you have to create you have to to put yourself in the studio and work what you have inside you will be creating and this is the moment because this is how you you will grow up, and uh, you see in one uh, conversation of ten minutes in the cafeteria, I understood. I said, okay, but she's so right. Uh, it's time for me to to push myself. You know things like this, and um, it leads you to to find your way sometimes. Mm, yeah,
1: so true, and sometimes it's. Uh listening to person talking to you and sometimes it's just listening someone's talking <laughs> that can you know uh, bring light under some like questions and answers and we uh, never know when we will find those uh, cues and uh, turning points uh, in our uh, life and specific in our dance, yes, dance life
0: <laughs> yes i agree sometimes every maybe random people huh? they talk to you and they're huh? Oh yeah, I didn't thought about this. I oh, yeah. I have a key, I have a key here, and uh, this is like this, I think. And uh, in everybody's life, huh? not especially on dance, but uh, when you have the choice to, to between two things, security work. I mean, security of life. I could see the people I was working with, people like maybe older than me, like, yeah, about a house with my husband. Okay, we bought a new car. Oh, we, we we will have children and this and this and this. And for me, it was, oh, it's so not my plan. I feel so bored to know that in uh, 10 years I will be in this. <laughs> you know, I, I there was no magic. And uh, so putting myself in danger I mean uh, no security try to find sometimes I have a lot of money I have a lot of cash and sometimes I don't I don't know if tomorrow how I will but I felt more alive and this was my moment I I knew that I will do this no matters
1: And as you mentioned, it's so true. Like sometimes it's a random person talking to you and giving cues. Sometimes it's maybe listening some thoughts or ideas on the podcast. <laughs> 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 Who knows? Exactly. Uh, well if no, it's true. If if so, someone has a um, moment of like you know breakthrough ideas right now, don't forget to message us <laughs> and let us know about our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: This is uh, sometimes taking the time to talk with people. You understand. Sometimes it's about yourself too. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't ask question, you just listen to, to, to the story of someone, and it uh, reminds you. Ah, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why I didn't do that? We learn
1: from everybody at the end. Yeah. So so true. Well, before oh, we. Uh like summarize our conversation. I still want, I know you had so many things in your dance career and so many different stages, and we can talk about it hours and hours and hours, but <laughs> one topic, because we already talked about and mentioned it so much, so many times, I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper. It's the topic of cinema, because you mentioned about cinema as your passion. And then you were working in office sort of behind the scenes, but Afterwards in your career, you actually were working, okay, maybe not directly on set, but you were working as a choreographer for the movie and for the movie that was represented in Cannes Film Festival Competition. Yes, yes, we see the moment where people knew I was
0: dancing. The thing is Uh, how it is linked, I mean uh, so I had uh, this uh, proposal to uh, be in that uh, movie and uh, so I did it, I danced in the movie, he didn't, the director uh, Rashid Bouchareb didn't keep all the the thing he uh, uh, he he shoot with us Mm -hmm. but he kept maybe, I don't know, one minute or something like this, but for the The teaser of uh, Cannes Film Festival, he put my big face like turning or something like this. And as you know, when you promote a movie, everybody sees it. And so in the office, I was traveling to Cannes Film Festival with the film we were working on. Yes. Uh, And uh, this uh, this year, I didn't go to Cannes Film Festival. Uh, I don't remember what, anyway, but the team who, uh, of my office who went, they all called, Calther, we saw you <laughs> <laughs> on the big screen, and you know this was the moment everybody was uh, knowing everything and uh, um, and they were admirative, I mean they admire the work, even if it didn't uh, last long uh, Long moment in the movie, they say, "Wow, you were so beautiful. It's so beautiful." Something like this, you know. So after, but the second movie I uh, I was in, it is a Tunisian uh, director Elias Bakar, who uh, wrote a movie about uh, the revolution in Tunisia when everything happened after you know all the Arabic revolution and he had this moment of dance of uh, rakesh shark in his movie and when he he wrote me uh, he said to me yeah i i love what you're doing uh, and i would like you to for my movie and it is one scene and uh, you have to dance with the main uh, um, for the main character and blah blah blah, I was explaining to me blah blah blah. And what he saw, he saw me dancing uh, umkathum on uh, Ashek uh, This is old umkathum, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "This is so beautiful. I want this." And but I said to him, "Okay, send me the script. I read the script." And I sent him my answer. I said, "Okay, your dancer is dancing in a cabaret. I have to uh, um, uh, to tease the main character. This is uh, not interesting for me. And it is always the same thing. Why do I have to be like a, a stupid uh, belly dancer, like uh, uh, d- dancing in a dirty way in a cabaret for the, the? Try to find some somebody else. This is not for me. Bye bye." And so uh, I think he was upset. And then he say, what are you expecting? I said, okay, you love this tableau. You love this choreo. You love this dance. So put it on stage. I'm sorry. Otherwise, I will not do it. And so he changed his script mm-hmm. and created this character. And he was very interested in, in what I was saying. So he developed the character. And then he did all, I mean, he really... Worked on it. I arrived in Tunisia. I signed the contract and everything, and he he did a real stage with uh, figurants, you know, people that uh, mm-hmm. stayed mm-hmm. like fake audience. The main character was there, all the actors and everything, and I did it like he wanted it, like I did my uncle film, and then the film was uh, selected for the international uh, Arabic uh, movie festival in Cairo so we went there Uh, to defend the the movie and there was a press uh, conference you know you have Mm -hmm. all the press and they put me in the middle I was like sitting with all these very uh, famous people and uh, I was like oh my god what I'm doing here I'm just uh, the the dancer of the movie okay I have like two three scenes I speak but uh, what I'm doing here?" and then like there was like uh, Egyptian uh, uh, press who took the microphone said yeah would like to talk to uh miss uh i never uh and he said in arabic he said in my life i never see uh, a, a dancer uh, a rock sharky, uh, dance in movie with uncle thumb like this and this particular song you know because this is like a religious patriotic song the, the one i choose but I mean this is what I had in my mind and I did it and uh, he said, I said I am really admirative how uh, did you come uh, uh, to to do this to create this and he thought it was like the idea of the director
1: uh-huh. and then
0: there was like singing. No, this is why I chose this person, for me she's an artist. And I was sitting in my chair in front of all this, uh, in Egypt, in Cairo, <laughs> with a movie. I was like uh, having um, uh, compliments for Um-Kathum, their culture. And I think this is one of the moments I felt so proud of myself. I said, okay, these people are saying this is true art. And this is in a movie which is selected. And at the end, the movie, uh, it is a Tunisian movie, by the way. So this is my roots, a Tunisian team. And they won the prize of best um, male uh, uh, artist, mm-hmm. uh, actor. So it was like, pff, for me, it was full of meaning. And uh, this is the moment I said, okay, sometimes I really... Uh, had a hard time in my uh, work. Sometimes people say, "Why Kalfa is always dancing old songs or some the very uh, different uh, music like this?" Very old, this kind of thing. But this is, I said, okay. At least I touch people, and I touch people in Mazer. I touch people in Tunisia. I I I I, bought, I brought a little little small thing after uh, all these years of. Uh, Maybe belly dancer, like dancing just like this, blah, 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 dum, dum, tak, dum, dum, tak in movies. So even if it is a small scene, I was like very proud of myself. And at the same time, I was like, oh, this time I'm not uh, studying the script for people, seeing which is good, which is not good in their artist, uh, artistic uh, creation. But this time it is me, which is inside. I'm behind the camera. And I felt proud of myself.
1: Mm. This is also the magic of being true to yourself and staying and being you. <laughs> yeah, it was not easy because I think if you have uh, Elias Bakar on the phone, <laughs> he
0: will say to you I was hard on him, but uh, he was very happy at the end. And even I could see on the set of the of the movie, uh, people were really uploading like this like for them it was like a real show They they were happy and i felt i said okay sometimes it is very hard to oriental dance and sometimes it's very hard times but see all the the moments you were listening to this old music trying to dance on original because sometimes you know fashion at that time when i started it was like big interest, uh, instrumental, very... Doom, doom, tak, 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 tak. Mm-hmm. And I started my way with very, like, original. I think the moment people knew me was with uh, Naget, with Oyunel el Elb. So it was old track, old music, you know? It was not that easy, but I was so much in love with that... Uh, this, this music, with this voice, with these words. If so for me, it was the the piece i had to dance so you know i followed myself my instinct like an animal way we all have this animal instinct somewhere and uh, f- years later i was sitting in uh, cairo and uh, <laughs> accepting these compliments from the egyptian uh, press mm-hmm. it was magic mm-hmm.
1: Well, as I said, it's true magic of uh, staying and being yourself. No matter what we are talking about, like body and accepting our body compositions, or accepting our uh, heart or soul calling for what we want to do, or accepting our own artistic voice inside us that tells, uh, tells us, oh, this is something to pay attention and this is something maybe to say no. And if it matters to be, they will come back and adapt to your yes afterwards.
0: Yes, we all have something special inside of us, I think, mm. and we have to find it and we have to develop it and express it and share it with the people because all the people you know I was so uh, still today I behind the curtain I'm so stressed I'm really like a little child it is like if I'm going to die when I go on stage but I resonate myself and said okay these people are just like you they have the same problems they have the same fear they have the same uh, they struggle in the life so just leave a good moment with them we try to, to, to travel uh, together and uh, uh, live a dream together and that's it do your best mm-hmm. and be with them and this is the moment I said okay Bismillah, and I go on stage and that's it I think uh, judgment uh, we all have judgment every day and uh, we are also same at the end we all have the same uh, fears, the same dream to be somebody good, somebody good with the people around us, with our family, create a family, find love, uh, share love, uh, have friends. At the end the same, to live good, to be okay. Mm.
1: So true, and to also to travel together via dance and via art. And- So for Uh our listeners, uh, can you share, please, uh, where is the best way to follow your activities and uh, hopefully travel with you, at least online, (laughs) via dance and art? (laughs) Maybe you have a favorite social media or any other way to contact. And if you have any upcoming projects, uh, I know you have some classes maybe where can people check or uh, tune in and find more about you as well as study with you
0: uh i'm very classic i have the facebook i have my uh uh, website and i have uh, instagram i'm not super active like i would not publish every day i know it is like very fashion to publish every day what you're doing what uh, you're training everything but i love just to publish like uh Uh, about my workshop, my travels, my uh, festival, or things like this, so they can find it, and uh, that's it. I have, like, new trips coming in this uh, year, because I think, like, COVID is a little bit behind us, and festivals are starting back, and uh, I signed some uh, contracts, and, uh, of course, they say to me, please, Shut up, because it will be a surprise, so (laughs) you will have the surprise on the the Facebook and uh, on the Instagram. But uh, yes, I have uh, projects uh, coming, of course.
1: And do you teach online classes or or not anymore?
0: Uh, For me, it was such an adventure teaching online, and I'm really happy to close it. I know I receive uh, uh, many um, uh, demands to continue but really, I really prefer live, uh, live teaching. It's how can you share everything if you don't even feel uh, the breath of the people just next to you. So there is a limit in the video. For me there is a limit. So please excuse me, all the people but I really love To be in front of the people, and we should make a little bit effort now that uh, things are better, to to maybe meet each other, doing this uh, effort to 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 cross each other path again. It's uh, magical to meet somebody and uh, to feel the presence of the people of your students of your of the other dancers we learn so much from uh, each other so video for me has a limit and personally i did my best during COVID. i even pregnant i still teach until the last day before i gave birth with that zoom uh that was not easy but i did it and uh for me it's behind me of course Sometimes, if uh, really somebody so far, maybe like from Canada or something, please call her. I will try to do my best. But really, personally, I I, I prefer live.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in any way, I will include links to your social media, Instagram and Facebook, as well as website, so for people to keep an Thank eye you. for your upcoming events in person classes and workshops whenever the surprises will be revealed and maybe potentially for some uh, you know in the future again some opportunities for online classes we never know how the life goes but for all <laughs> our listeners for all our listeners you know where you can find information in the show notes and easily connect to the uh, to our today's guest and uh uh I would like to summarize our conversation with our traditional question but before that I also want to thank you one more time for being together with us today and for sharing all insights and all the stories about your uh, dance journey and your development as a dancer and all the things that you went through. And I'm pretty sure that many listeners can find something familiar that they can relate to and also that they can get inspiration and motivation from your story for, their, for them themselves. So thank you very much for sharing all this.
0: <laughs> thank you to you, uh, Ayana. This is my pleasure to share all this with you and your uh, followers and with our community. This is a, a real pleasure for me. Thank you very much.
1: And I would like to summarize our conversation with a traditional question, which I ask every single guest, regardless oh. of what we talked about. And okay. Are you ready?
0: <laughs> okay, ready
1: <laughs> question. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance, with Sharki? Again and again. So you keep doing it for so many years. Um,
0: Is uh, create your own poetry. Is being poetry. Is uh, feeling alive. Hmm. Feeling free. Free to to be your own, uh, your own self, your own poetry. Poetry is maybe the best word for me to summarize what happens when you dance, when you reveal yourself, when when you're sharing the special, uh, uh, you feel the breath of the audience, of the people, of, uh, of the students, of the, your dancer colleague of uh, when you listen to them, when you see them, it's, there is this kind of magic. It's being poetry. I don't know. I have no other words. Sorry, Ayana. I should have thought about it. But uh, it's too, it's too big. It's too, we could, we uh, could, talk more than days and years about
1: it, but uh, it's being poetry, your own poetry, maybe. That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and before you leave, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired, the better it is for our dance community. Until next time, keep shimmying, and see you soon! This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.